I start at page 33. The prayers. I will now turn to the most important form of dhikr, the prescribed prayers. In prayers, a Muslim performs dhikr. In all the postures, standing, qiyam, bowing down, ruku, prostration, sajda, and sitting, qada. He recites the Holy Quran and performs other types of dhikr. A prayer is a combination of all forms of dhikr. The philosophy of prescribing sunnah and nawafil. The prescribed prayers have three parts. 1. Fard, the obligatory part. 2. Sunnah, the part offered regularly by the Holy Prophet and enjoined by him. And 3. Nawafil, the voluntary part. Most of the people regularly perform only fard and sunnah. The sunnah has been instituted to offset shortcomings in the obligatory parts. Allah does not accept defective prayers. He only accepts the flawless, but he accepts sunnah in lieu of defects in the fard. If one of the rakat, that's the component part in the fard prayer, lacks concentration or is spoiled by temptations, it will not be accepted. But the loss will be offset with sunnah. The Holy Prophet ﷺ had a very keen awareness of human nature and its frailties. He has done a great favor to his followers by adding sunnah in the prayers. Then there are nawafil. These are means of attaining nearness to God. They raise a man above najat, that's deliverance from sin. Anyone desiring nearness of Allah should give special attention to nawafil. Some nawafil are performed during the day, others during the night. Those performed at night, tahajjud, Carry special blessings. God Almighty says, Inna Verily, getting up at night is the most potent means of subduing the self and most effective in respect of words of prayer. Chapter 73, verse 7. The self can be reformed and great spiritual heights scaled with tahajjud. Anyone who performs it will discover its importance. The companions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ were very regular in saying tahajjud. Even though it is voluntary, the Holy Prophet ﷺ used to walk around to see who observed it. Once, good qualities of Hadrat Abdullah bin Umar anhu were being mentioned. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Yes, he is very good, but he should also offer tahajjud. The Holy Prophet ﷺ thus reminded him of his slackness in observing the tahajjud prayers. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has said, May Allah have mercy on the husband and the wife who awake each other up for prayer at night. If the husband wakes, let him offer tahajjud and awaken his, his wife. If she does not get up, let him sprinkle some water at her face. Similarly, if the wife awakes... Let her do the same, that is, offer tahajjud and awaken her husband by sprinkling some water at his face. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has directed the wife to respect her husband, yet he has permitted her to sprinkle some water, if necessary, to awaken him for tahajjud. Obviously, he attaches great importance to tahajjud. The Holy Quran tells us that getting up for prayer at night straightens the self. According to Holy Prophet ﷺ, you must perform tahajjud even if it is of two rakat. He also says that God Almighty accepts the prayers in abundance during the late part of night. Tahajjud, therefore, is very important and beneficial. How to get up at night for tahajjud One way, not very useful in my opinion, 
is to use the alarm clock. It creates dependency and fails to produce the resolute will. If you go to sleep having resolved to get up for tahajjud, you will be in a state to worship in a state of worship all night. Being determined, you will get up. Those depending on the alarm clock, but lacking determination, will often shut the alarm clock to go back to sleep. When they get up, they generally feel sleepy in prayers. Their dependency prevents them from full awakening and alertness. However, under certain circumstances, the alarm clock may be used by beginners or others. There are 13 methods which can help in getting up at night. Anyone who sincerely tries them, God willing, benefits from them. There may be difficulties in the beginning, but in the end, these methods will prove useful. I have derived these methods from the Holy Quran and Hadith. It is Allah's grace that these points, which remained hidden from others, have been manifested to me. To save time, I will only give my conclusions without quoting their references. 1. It is a law of nature that everything reverts to its original state if similar circumstances reappear. Often, in old age, a person suffers from his childhood diseases. The same happens to birds and trees. This law can be helpful in cultivating the habit of getting up during the night. Perform vicar for a while after sharp prayers. The more vicar you perform, the earlier you will get up for vicar before the morning. 2. Do not talk to anybody after Isha prayers. Although sometimes the Holy Prophet ﷺ continued his conversation after Isha, as a general rule he had forbidden it. There are two reasons. A. If you start talking, you will sleep late and will not be able to get up early in the morning. And B. If the conversation concerns things other than faith, your attention will be diverted. You should go to sleep while thinking of your faith. You will get up with the same thoughts. It is not forbidden to carry out office work or other important assignments after Isha. But in that case, it is better to spend some time in dhikr before going to sleep. 3. Perform wudu, that is ablution, before going to bed. Even if, even if you are already in a state of ablution, it affects the heart and creates a special kind of freshness. If you go to sleep in that state of freshness, you will get up in the same condition. This is a common observation. Someone smiling at bedtime is generally smiling when he gets up. One who is crying will wake up crying. With ablution, you will be fresh at the time of sleep and fresh when you wake up. It will also help you in getting up. 4. Recite some dhikr before falling asleep. This will cause you to wake up again for dhikr during the night. The Holy Prophet ﷺ used to perform dhikr in the following manner before going to sleep. He recited Ayatul Kursi. Holy Quran chapter 2 verse 256 and the last three chapters of the Holy Quran. He then gently blew upon his hands and lightly passed them over his body three times. Then he turned towards his right and said, Allahumma aslam tu nafsi ilayka wa wajjah tu wajhi ilayka wa fawadtu amri ilayka raqbatan wa rahmatan ilayka la malja'a wa la manja'a minka illa ilayka اللهم آمنت بكتابك الذي أنزلته ونبيك الذي أرسلته. O Allah, I put myself in thy protection and turn my face towards thee and assign all my affairs to thee with complete inclination and fear of thee. There is no refuge or protection from thee except towards thyself. 
I believe in thy book which thou hast revealed, and thy prophet that thou hast sent. All believers should perform the dhikr and then continue with another form of dhikr until sleep takes over. An important recitation for this time is Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al-Azim. Holy is Allah with His praise, Holy is Allah the greatest. The condition in which a person goes to sleep stays with him all night. If someone sleeps while performing tasbih, that's glorification of God, and tahmid, praise of God, he will remain in that spiritual state all night. It is a common observation that ladies or children who are disturbed or are in pain at bedtime cry when they turn over onto their sides during sleep. Similarly, if someone goes to sleep reciting tasbih, he will recite tasbih when he will turn his side. God Almighty says, تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ جُنْفِقُونَ Their sides keep away from their beds, and they call on their Lord in fear and hope, and spend out of what we have bestowed on them. Holy Quran, chapter 32, verse 17. To a casual observer, it may not appear that Muslims keep away from their beds. The Holy Prophet ﷺ went to sleep, and so do all the Muslims. But in truth, their sleep is not sleep. It is a form of tasbih. They appear to be sleeping, but in reality, they are not. Their sides keep away from their beds. They are busy in the remembrance of their Lord. 5. Resolve firmly at bedtime to get up for tahajjud. God Almighty has given man the power to make his mind obey his will. Philosophers have accepted this principle. Decide firmly that you will get up for tahajjud. While your body sleeps, your mind will be alert. It will wake you up exactly at the desired time. 6. The Sith method is only for those who are really strong in faith. Instead of performing witr, that's three rakah prescribed as essential after Isha, leave witr for tahajjud time. In general, people are regular in performing their obligatory worship, but show slackness in the voluntary. Witr are wajib, an essential act of worship, not obligatory, but more important than the voluntary. When a wajib is combined with the nawafil, it will strengthen the resolve to observe both. The soul will not rest until the wajib has been observed, so the, so the nawafil will also be observed. One who has already performed witr may not get up for tahajjud even if he is awake. His soul will feel at ease. But if the witr are still due, the soul will be restless and will awaken him. Only the strong in faith should practice this method. The weak ones may deprive themselves even of the witr by doing so. 7. The seventh method is also for those who have excelled in spirituality. They should start offering nawafil after Isha prayer and continue until they begin to doze off in prayers and are overpowered by sleep. Even though the total amount of their sleep will be reduced, they will find themselves awake at the time of tahajjud. This method is an exercise for the spirit. 8. The eighth method has been practiced by many Sufis. I have not feel the need for it myself, but it is beneficial. If you get into the habit of oversleeping, then change the soft bed to a hard one. 9. Take dinner several hours before going to bed. Eat before Maghrib prayer or immediately after it. Sometimes the spirit is active but the body is not. The body acts like a yoke. 
If the yoke is too heavy, it strangles the spirit. The stomach should not be full at bedtime. It has an adverse effect upon the heart and makes a man lazy. 10. Do not go to bed unclean. Angels associate with those who are clean. They do not approach the unclean. Once the Holy Prophet ﷺ was offered something with a strong odor. He did not eat it, but permitted his companions to do so. He explained to them that the angels who visited him frequently did not like such orders. Angels abhor filth. Once Hadrat Khalifa al-Masih I went to bed without washing his hands after dinner. He saw in a dream. His elder brother wanted to present him the Holy Quran, but when he was about to touch it, his brother withdrew it and said, Do not touch the Holy Quran. Your hands are not clean. Physical cleanliness affects purity of the heart. Those who are clean will have the help of angels to get up. The unclean will not be approached by them, so keep your bodies clean. 11. The bed should be clean. Many people ignore this matter. Remember that spirituality is directly influenced by cleanliness of the bed. Take special care in this respect. 12. Husband and wife should avoid going to sleep in the same bed. Amongst ordinary Muslims, this habit can harm spirituality, but it does not affect the spiritually advanced. The Holy Prophet ﷺ slept in the same bed with his wives. He possessed a lofty spiritual status and his spirituality could not be compromised. Ordinary Muslims should be careful. A carnal passion adversely affects spirituality. That is why Islam teaches, Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu. Eat and drink, but exceed not the bounds. Holy Quran chapter 7 verse 32. Why does Islam prohibit us from exceeding the limits? Because it harms spirituality. People with self-control will not suffer by sleeping together. But ordinary Muslims may find that it keeps their minds inclined towards passion. That hurts spirituality and prevents them from getting up. 13. The last method is really superior. It helps in getting up for tahajjud and saves one from many sins and weaknesses. Before retiring for sleep, ponder if you have any malice or harbor any rancor or prejudices against anybody. If so, remove it. The purification achieved by this exercise will enable you to get up for tahajjud. The house should be totally clean at bedtime. Anybody who considers such thoughts to be of some worth should remind himself that he may be free to indulge in them during the day, but he has no need for them at night. After all, he is not going to fight anybody during the night. Once rooted out, such thoughts will generally not recur. Even if they do, their damage will not be very serious. The result of a thing depends on how long it has been influenced by something else. If you wipe something with a sponge, it will be moist. But if you soak the sponge for a long time, it will be drenched. Thoughts that linger and are repeated in your mind all night would overpower your heart. Such thoughts cannot do much harm during the day because the mind is absorbed in other activities. But during the night, the mind is free to be influenced. Eliminate all bad thoughts against others which occur at bedtime, lest they become rooted. To get rid of them will... To get rid of them will then not be difficult. Moreover, should you breathe your last during the night, you will miss the opportunity of asking forgiveness for this sin. Once you eliminate your rancor, you will be free from it permanently when you purify yourself at night. 
you will definitely be blessed with the opportunity of getting up for Tahajjud. I stop at page 39.